All right. Today, we continue my conversation with two leaders, Mike Wilson and Mike Alant. They are with T2 Professional Consulting, and they're changing the world by confronting the challenges of local government with nobility, service, and excellence. As a reminder, the work they're doing in local government, even if you're not involved in local government, their work impacts everything local government does, and everything local government does impacts us, as they point out, permitting, trash collection, police support, and all the things that are important to making our our homes safe and livable and uh, you know having great value. So the work they're doing is really important. And I can't wait to share the part two with you. Michael, hit it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi there, I'm Susie Price, and you're listening to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, where we cover everything related to helping you and the employees in your organizations build a high commitment, low drama, wake up eager workforce. Bottom line, we help leaders and organizations make good decisions about their people and so that everybody is waking up eager. We have a wake up eager workforce. We have people who are committed, involved, interested, engaged in their work, and they're a good fit for their role. The business is thriving while the people thrive. So in this podcast and the work we do every day, we provide tools, tips, and expert interviews for the entire employee life cycle. And that's true. In this episode, we talk a little bit about hiring. We talk a little bit about team building, leadership development, conflict resolution. This is episode 97. Uh, It's part two of what we started in episode 96 of confronting the challenges of local government with nobility, service, and excellence. Um, I'm talking with Micah Lunt and Mike Wilson, the executive team for T2 Professional Consulting. We've talked about the challenges in local government, how it impacts all of us, how they're using trimetrics to build a baseline and overcome bias, and how they're using their experienced top motivators and communication strengths to inspire and support others. You can find the show notes for today at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash local government pricelessprofessional.com forward slash local government. Let's go to our discussion part two now. Let's go into talking about the assessment. So it's a great segue into, uh, I like to always share uh, what your individual motivators and your individual communication styles are. And then I've got a talent tracker that if you're watching the video, we'll talk about what the talent tracker is. But Micah, do you want to start about your motivators, what they are? I've got it pulled up too, if you need me to pull it up, but your motivators and your style and a little bit about what all that means to you or how it helps you. Or Yeah, sure. I can do that. So my my top motivator is individualistic, political, you know, and you read that, uh, the, the short summaries on there and I'm like, oh man, that always makes me sound like... Um, maybe not the nicest person in the room, the, the power player commanding and, and so on. The piece that really, really resonates for me is the ability to, to be free to make decisions. I love to define what the box is uh, and then use my creative ability to work within that box. 
I, I really, really like that. And when I'm constrained uh, or there are new constraints that come up that were not a part of that box before, or I'm working for somebody that, you know, the, those boundaries keep changing, that is very, very frustrating for me to handle. So I try and, uh, and, and work through that. And then my second is uh, theoretical and knowledge, the learner, intellectual, studying, constantly, you know, looking at facts. And I mean, that, that's me to a, to a T. Yeah, because you have, let's see, you have a, tell me about your degrees again. I had it in the bio, but real quick. Psychology is my my main main piece. And then there was a, a point in time where I was really crazy and dabbled in physics and math. Uh, but yeah. You love to learn <laughs> and education. And you and Mike both share that motivator. You both have it as top interest. And then with the individualistic political, I mean, it's all neutral language. It depends on how we right. use it. And so. And so, but if you didn't have people who were willing to step in the visibility place, then you wouldn't have people who start new companies, who start T2, you know, work with Mike on T2L and stand in front of city managers and who, you know, be the fire on the firing line, you know, sometimes that visibility. So sometimes people have that same reaction about that particular motivator, but there's a lot of people or a lot of things we wouldn't have in this world if there weren't people who were willing to be out front and be the visible. And I've seen you in front of uh, a city council just by video. And they, you know, you tend to have a lot of charisma that captures the energy in the room. Um, and Mike, you've probably seen that from him as well. And so that's a, that's a talent. Yeah. I've, I've had some experiences in in life that that have forced me to, to be in front of, of some situations that were, were very difficult uh, to deal with and, and having, I guess some of that natural motivator has has definitely helped, but certainly my experiences have helped refine uh, a little bit of that in a trial by fire kind of way. So. Yeah, definitely. And your number six is aesthetic, which means, you know, high aesthetic wants harmony and balance. The number six aesthetic says, eh, I don't really need to stop and smell the roses. I'm good. I'm good with, I'm, I don't love chaos around me, but I can handle it. It doesn't doesn't send me under the covers and hiding under the bed kind of thing. Yes. Do you see that? Yeah. And I mean, it, it, from that of just pausing to to take some time for, for self and things like that, I, I do have to be reminded of that from time to time. Yeah. So we have our strengths on all of these. And then there's like, okay, what does that point to as a potential? Oops, I might overdo sometimes. That's cool. <laughs> we all do it, right? <laughs> How about you, Mike? Uh, so... I love seeing your motivators, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, where Mike and I share, we're theoretical. You know, I'm really driven by this. This is my top motivator. You know, um, continuous learning. Sometimes it can be about just some abstract things. So, you know, but I do like facts. Uh, I do like to identify the truth and try to become an expert in anything that I endeavor. Uh, probably, uh, my second motivator is, is a very high driven passion and that's the social altruistic. I have a hard time saying no. And I also, throughout my entire life, I would, I really would do this free. And, uh, if, if it was at, at all possible, and I, I think a lot of that's just driven through upbringing, you know, I'm a second generation cop, you know, so I grew up you know, seeing uh, parents, you know, serving. And back back when they served, you know, it was uh, not rewarded financially like it is now or with the equipment uh, that they're provided or the uh, training. 
Uh, so, you know, coming from those humble means in a family of, of public servants, you know, I really think shaped, uh, shaped that. Uh, my number six is I hate the box. Uh, I'm very low on 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 traditional. That made me smile when I saw that number six, and he scored it indifferent. Which, if you don't know what that means, is like I really don't like it. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. uh, I'm always looking for better ways to do things. Uh, it it is not logical to me why we continue the same approach. And we ex- expect a different outcome. A lot of times when we go into to clients, I'm the first one to tell them, especially if they're dealing with a level of turmoil, uh, we're not talking about a person or people. We're talking about your system and your system's broken. Why are you doing it like that? Well, it's how we've always done it. And uh, so that motivates me to find new ways to uh, do that. And it's interesting. A lot of the government is traditional regulatory which is why there's a lag behind. So what a great thing that you both like the individualistic that you have, Micah, and then the the number six traditional regulatory, which is that we don't have to continue to do it this way. It can be done different, you know, is really bringing something to the table for these folks. I mean, you're driven by doing it new. And then on top of that, you've got the servant's heart, you know, and then on top of that, both of you have this beautiful experience. I mean, it's just like a formula for goodness all the way around as I see it. Very cool. And what I smiled about with you, Mike, is you, if you didn't know Mike, if you can't see him on video, you might would be intimidated by him because <laughs> he's got a kind of a, a strong looking and both of you are strong looking, but you know, you have, you could be very serious facially if you wanted to, you know, and so you wouldn't know that there's a mother Teresa lurking within until you get to know him. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's cool. And so the communication style, you both had similar communication styles, which is the high D and high C, which is task orientation, which is um, getting things done and um, thinking them through before you get them done, you know, working that way. And so communication wise, you probably really connect because you communicate similarly, according to the assessment. Any thoughts on that? Really, it's there's not a lot of stress around the, the communication. You know, it's really, we take on, on a project and, you know, we can lay out what that project will be and the steps in that project pretty, pretty quick with some different milestones. Sometimes, um, because I'm so high on the theoretical, I, you know, I would like to have more, more information to, uh, to process that, that may, uh, uh, you know, frustrate at, at times, but I'm a firm believer you know, let's measure twice, cut once uh, for the sake of time, uh, just because that makes sense. But no, it being very similar on the communication style makes it easy to take on these hard projects and be successful. That's awesome. I don't know if you can see now. I just shared the talent tracker. Can you see yes. it? Yes. Okay. So if you're watching the video, you can see this. This is an example, and I don't think I've ever shown this on a podcast before, but Mike and Micah said it was okay to do it, especially since they're sharing their motivators. But the team talent tracker gives team members name. You see Micah's name first, and then you see the motivators, what they just talked about, number one, two, and number six, and then their communication style. And then you see Mike below that. And then there's a little cheat sheet on the page. So I just want folks to know that that's available 
to help your team communicate so you can very quickly be reminded of what Micah is most interested in, what Mike is most interested in. And so in your meetings and discussions, you know, what you most and least want. And then there's a back page that is usually pretty helpful, words that work, blind spots and stressors. So the talent tracker is a free tool that people use. And so it helps teammates. You guys have known each other for a while. And so probably most of this was not new news for you. But for teams that go through any of your training or, you know, trying to remember what was that? What was the style? How do they like to communicate? And then there's a very short little communication tool right here that talks about this. So the D, the, the high style tip is, and I can imagine your interactions with each other. Okay, you got it. Okay, good. See you later. Because the high D says, be prepared, be brief, be gone. So very, very quick conversations. I'm sure you do talk more too, but in general. And then the high C is use logic, give them time and give them all of the details. So it's kind of like a little key there. So just wanted people to know about that. And I didn't know if y'all, I can't remember if y'all use the talent tracker yet with clients. Uh, We've not yet, but it's definitely a, a tool as we go into, we've been getting a lot of questions around uh, within team development and how we could utilize some of these tools because of the effectiveness that they've seen in the search and selection process. And so this is a very valuable tool, you know, for members of teams to get really quick up, up to speed on folks that they serve with so that they can understand them to uh, at a depth to where we can save time and efficiencies because that's some other feedback that that we've received is the level of how comprehensive a processes are and the ability that we can deliver you know a desired outcome within a very aggressive time frame that's what people are are looking for the days of you know spending 18 months to diagnose and start to fix issues uh, just no longer works in any environment what were you going to say, Micah? So, uh, and I think Mike, this may have just slipped his mind, but we actually have a private sector uh, client that we have utilized this with, uh, where we assisted with a placement and provided exactly this this tool to the supervisor and the newly hired person. And one of the things that uh, the feedback that I've gotten from that client is these two individuals you know, they're, they're two individuals, just like always, but they also have a lot of cultural uh, and nationality differences. And so this tool, when we provided it to them and provided the directions in terms of how to use it to, to sit down and have that first conversation of, you know, this is kind of what I prefer from a communication style, this is what I prefer and so forth, as they had it, we've gotten some really great feedback on the utility of of this being something that they continuously reference uh, as they work on projects, even, you know, think about sending emails and, and other forms of communication to one another. It's a very valuable tool. You know, I just was thinking about too, when you think about the city manager in the future, it'd be interesting to see the city manager's top reports, you know, have it helping the sit set the city manager up for success. You know, having the city manager's top reports, I, I don't know that the city council would be willing to take the assessment, but if they ever would, he could, you know, he or she could have input. So I just want to touch base on that. And I love you all sharing. I think it helps everybody learn. It helps us 
understand you more. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Talk a little bit about who's most influenced you in your life and career. You both mentioned uh, a few different things, but maybe pick somebody or something and and talk about who's most influenced you. So for me, it's it's my wife, Shannon. She encouraged me way back at the beginning of my career to to go down this this path that I had always kind of been interested in, where I didn't necessarily have that same uh, encouragement elsewhere. And what's been really cool about our relationship, and we we get this feedback from you know long term friends and family members, is that we have been. She she's also sort of a, an executive level leader, uh, but in the academic sector. And oddly enough, we've, we've both experienced many similar challenges in terms of, you know, ethical ethical dilemmas and, and things like that. And so we both have, have found ways to support each other in terms of standing up to uh, some oppressive issues, some, some ethical issues that we've uncovered and, you know, been there kind of through the thick and thin. And it's just it's just been amazing. And she's always encouraged me to just follow your heart, follow your mind, keep that moral compass pointed in in the northward direction, and everything will ultimately work out. It may be tough for a while, but everything will ultimately work out. Uh, and in that that support has been just invaluable to me. So wow, having that from your spouse is incredible. That's wonderful. How about you, Mike? Who's most influenced you? Well. Actually, two people. I I was very fortunate. I I had two great mentors. First was as a young cop, my chief who served as my chief for 15, 16 years, and a commander who recognized potential and looked past being rough around the edges, uh, who invested a lot of time over many years to number one, keep me out of trouble. Number two, steer, uh, steer that path. And help me realize how to recognize blind spots that I had that was able to help me kind of soften my approach. And just really being blessed by having those people in my life because they really guided my career. And even though I didn't quite understand why they were doing what they were doing at the time or placing me in assignments that they were placing me in, they could see the bigger picture and and they could see talents in me that I had not yet recognized. Uh, so the importance of, of having those value, you know, those coaches and those confidants and the patience uh, really allowed me to achieve what I was able to. Are you in touch with them today still? I am. One of- yeah. So we uh, have check-in calls typically once a month, twice a month. Oh, month. Yeah, that's awesome. Month, yeah. Yeah, if I'm going into a pretty stressful situation or they see a news article, they'll call me and say, why are you doing that? And, uh, you know, so it's uh, it's continued to pay dip, pay dividends. And it's also been cool to see how they've, you know, went from being more in a, a direct leading role to now uh, just truly confidant, friend, but still a coach when necessary. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice to have people who care about you in your corner. We all need that. All right, let's go into, you know, what this is the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, but we talk about having a Wake Up Eager life, talk about being Wake Up Eager leaders, Wake Up Eager teams, and it's all about creating uh, a life and uh, work that when we wake up, we're, we're happy to get up and go. 
And so talk a little bit about what you personally do in your life uh, to have mental clarity, physical health. And then when we talk about spiritual, it can be anything, but it can also include close friends, family, some kind of habits or things that you do that keep you on track. Well, so my biggest difficulty is mental clarity because it's really hard to shut my brain off. You know, but what I do engage is a lot of audiobooks. You know, I probably go through about three a week. Along with that is, you know, building in just good, good habits when it's time to shut down, you know, just shut down and, and, uh, try to redirect that attention to family activities, you know, my spouse. Sometimes I do that well. Sometimes I don't, but that's always an intentional focus. Uh, body, you know, I, uh, go to the gym, uh, six days a week. It's very much an addiction because I feel off if I'm not able to. And I try, I try to do it first thing in the morning, uh, because that really sets the tone, uh, for the rest of the day. Having to be active, I'm not, uh, I'm not good just sitting in one, in one place. So, you know, trying to, you know, whether it's, make events uh, with the kids, you know, that's a really high priority staying in touch with uh, friends or folks that you can say I consult with, but they're just not, you know, they're just friends and it's a good times to uh, get out experience, kind of go into their neck of the woods and, you know, see how things are, are, are playing out there spiritually, just a lot of prayer. You you don't get to the to this point in life doing the job that we've done uh, without you know a force much powerful than you looking over you and and guiding you. So you know I I try to live in a state of gratefulness and thankfulness you know for that and also remember that you know we wouldn't be where where we are helping the people that we're helping if if it's not part of what I believe is my purpose uh, for this for this point in life. So just really trying to stay grounded. Wonderful. Micah. Really pretty, pretty similar along those lines. Totally agree with what Mike said. If the good Lord hadn't uh, been number one, having a, a sort of a higher plan than, than what I had a couple of different times and just watching over, I wouldn't be anywhere uh, where I'm at. I, I do listen to some podcasts certainly yours, but yours is more for work. Simon Sinek's uh, Bit of Optimism is one of my favorites. I, I really like his uh, material on there because it's it's just all over the place. But but the similar similar theme, I, I really do enjoy that quite a bit. Body, I've got a pretty nice home gym that uh, I utilize as well. I also, I haven't done it on this podcast, but I stand up a lot, jack up this standing desk. I've even got a little treadmill in here that I walk on sometimes. So that keeps me moving around while I'm working. I know you've got your like stability, like balancing ball thing you stand on sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to board. Looks like a surfboard. I may fall if I do that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, family, I, I love to be in the outdoors, boating, hiking, backpacking, uh, all of that good stuff. I've got two four-legged kiddos that uh, I like to take everywhere. They're behind me asleep right now. Uh, but the dogs are 
the dogs are certainly uh, an important part of of my wife and I's life. So uh, they all they all keep me sane. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. So, what advice would you give your twenty year old self or twenty five year old self? Uh, for me, uh, absolutely. I, I I wrote this down whenever I thought about it. So I'm a PhD school dropout times two. Been in two different PhD programs. Didn't finish either one of them. That is an unnecessary marathon for anything that I am destined to do. And it took me two different programs to figure that out and a lot of money and time. That being said, I am about to finish up my MBA. And that's been an incredible experience of learning the the true business acumen uh, that, that I needed at this point in my career. So, you know, again, that theoretical motivator has always been there. Uh, but the the, the PhD realm just was not, it, it is not necessary uh, for what I need to do. So I would say, save your time, save your money, uh, and devote that to, to Don't something do that else. Twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't do that twice. But you benefited from it and it's got you to where you are. But yes. yes. How about you, Mike? What, what advice would you give your younger self? Not to overthink things because you know, that, that caused a lot of stress and just a lot of wasted time to, uh, uh, you know, being theoretical, but also, you know, the social altruistic. So, uh, you can easily get into your head and create a lot of frustration because you want to fix everything. Uh, you really want to stop the, stop the hurting. And, um, you know, some, uh, sometimes to your own well being, that can cause more harm than uh, good. So uh, my my advice would be don't overthink. Yeah. So that's interesting. The high theoretical with the high C style. So the high C style wants accuracy, wants to get it right. You know, that's measuring how we like to work. And then the motivator is I like to spend all my time thinking and learning. And so you put those two together and it does magnify it. So that's so smart that, you know, we all have to learn. We all have our blind spots and we all have our opportunities and that you've you've seen that like, okay, how do I do that? And then the me, me conflict is, well, the logic tells me this, but I really want to help these people. And you said it, I want to remove pain and suffering in the world. You know, so sometimes they feel like they're at odds within us. You know, and they're not, but until we have language to describe them, it's hard to overcome it. So interesting. Very cool. How about a billboard? Where would you put, if you could put a billboard anywhere, you know, for the world to see, maybe, you know, a place you would put it specifically, or maybe it's everywhere. Who knows? You get to say, you know, what would you put on it? Where would you put it? I identified uh, two quotes that I would put on mine. Um, So I'd have like, if I had a billboard, I'd have to have it like split. You know, there would be the the two sides, but um, the the first one is the price good men pay for indifference to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Uh, it's a quote by Plato, and you know that just speaks to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast of local government, the in, indifference to that. Yet it's far-reaching tentacles that that touch everybody. If you you don't pay attention in in a democratic uh, situation, it it really things can go badly. And can so you say the quote again before you go off of it, say it again. Yeah, absolutely. The price good men pay for indifference to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Yes. Quote by Plato. And then the other piece, which, which represents a lot of what Mike and I have been able to do successfully with T2L is to stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right. And that's by Tony Robbins. And, you know, 
very, very often when you start talking about progressive approaches or a different way of doing business, uh, we hear, but that's the way we've always done it. You know, this resistance to change and well, if we do that, this could go wrong and that could go wrong. Okay. But, but what if it actually worked? What if it went well? And you know, just because we embark on this journey doesn't mean that we can't make modifications and tweak things as we go through. But that that can be a a real struggle uh, to get folks to take that initial motivation to kind of go on a new path. Wonderful. I like both of those. What do you think, Mike? Are you just going to tag onto his billboard or you've got your own? <laughs> you know, I uh, I send a lot of different kind of quotes out to my kids probably three or four days a, a week. And one that I um, really share, uh, sh- share with them often is, number one, I'm a Teddy Roosevelt fan, so I would probably have to have two billboards. Okay. But, you know, one would have to be huge because it's referring to the man in the arena. You know, and I, I don't know if you've ever read that piece. And, you know, the man in the arena... Todd really applies to what we deal with and what we're struggling with today in today's world. You know, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That was something that that uh, we had to memorize as freshmen for our football team. Oh, and, wow. Um, That's fantastic. What a great coach, Ed. Oh, yeah. Amazing coach. And, you know, that uh, that really that really stuck. And um, the shorter, uh, more poignant quote is this. It's hard to fail, but it's worse to never have tried to s- succeed. And um, I I think a lot of times we forget about that because we're so focused on not failing. But it's through those failures uh, that we learn how to fall forward. And uh, it's through many failures that we reach success. And uh, so being a TR uh, junkie, you know, those those would be the two messages that that I think for good and for bad have guided my life and my focus. But I also think that those are two messages that. You know, our young people need to hear, you know, people our age need to be reminded of our citizens who are senior to us. They knew it and we saw it play out in all of their achievements within their lifetimes. It's wonderful. But that last quote, quote, it made me think of you can't get it wrong because you're never done. You know, you can't get it wrong. So keep going. But fear really does stop people. You have to try. Those are great. Those are very inspirational. I'm very inspired from having spent this time with you today and knowing you prior to this and our future work together. I'm just real proud of who you are as people and and the work that you're doing. 
I want to close with one last uh, comment from both of you. What advice or wisdom would you want every city government leader or all leaders and all leaders to remember from our discussion today? That is a good question. I think for me, Susie, it's to remind them it's okay not to know everything because there are people who stand ready to kind of slide up beside you as a sounding board or a voice of reason to help you make the best decisions that you can possibly make. And with the tools that are available now, those decisions can be strong, data-driven approaches. So don't sweat those things that you have no control of. Uh, you know, align yourself with resources. And lastly, uh, be willing to put your ego and attitude aside because there are always going to be the barriers uh, to success, to consensus, and to uh, building collaboration with all stakeholders. Yeah, great advice. What would you add or share, Micah? I guess, particularly to your question of what would be something for government leaders, is that what one of the things that every single government leader shares is the burden of protecting the public trust. So we talked about how that, you know, sometimes in, in local government, we our citizens don't get that involved and, and so on. And that just intensifies the fact that those who are in those positions of leadership have that tremendous responsibility of, of protecting and bearing the burden of public trust. Uh, and while it may take a long time if a unit of local government isn't providing the best of services for citizens to vote with their feet and move away and that kind of thing, you can lose that public trust in a heartbeat. Uh, and it certainly takes a great deal of time to repair that and, and bring it back. But we are there to partner with that. Mike and I both have a lot of experience in uh, the jurisdictions that we worked in of building uh, and repairing public trust. Uh, and, I, and I think I'm pretty, pretty proud um, achievements in that area. And then with our firm, we've helped institutions to uh, grow in, in their deposits in the trust bank uh, from, from their constituents. And, you know, we, we are here to help uh, accomplish that. And, and help make that responsibility a little bit easier to bear. Wonderful. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you, Susie. Real pleasure to partner with you. Well, it is my pleasure. And um, thank you for being on the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. Thank you, Susie, for having us. So I hope you enjoyed part two of my discussion with Mike and Micah. You can get the show notes, watch the video, get more information, some of the links on how to, how to contact Micah and Mike at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash local government, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash local government. And some of my top takeaways, and it's some of the things that I learned as I've been working with them, I started working with them probably, it was earlier this year. I found it alarming how many challenges the local governments are faced with. I see it, I've just never really gotten involved in it or paid a lot of attention to it. And, and just the realization of how they made a good case about how it impacts us, every one of us. And it's so interesting to me that local government elections are usually decided by 10% or less of the population that they're serving. 
So kind of the takeaway from me is one, I'm very thankful that people uh, that have honor and nobility and a heart of service like Mike and Micah are, that they're doing this work in these governments. And I'm, I'm honored to be able to be a part of that indirectly or behind the scenes. And it also just reminds me, maybe I should pay a little bit more attention and not ignore some of the local government <laughs> discussions and pay a little bit more attention, you know, because they, the decisions they make directly influence our lives. Um, the other takeaway, I don't know if you picked up on it. I'm just such a nerd about the value of these assessments and how they impact our ability and to be successful and happy in our work. And I, I hope you notice how their individual work experience and then their top motivators tie directly together into the amazing, amazing work that they are doing today. I, I touched on it a little bit, but the fact that they both love to share knowledge and learn, and then they use that with a heart of service and a drive for leadership, which are all descriptors in their top motivators for changing traditions that are no longer working. It's just a beautiful formula for seeing what great fit is, because not only do they have that in their motivators and the communication style is, you know, direct and accurate, um, which, you know, very important and fits probably really well with the people that they're working with, but it creates their experience ties in too, because it gives them credibility. So we always talk about the five areas of fit. And one of them is background experience in the car analogy, it's roads traveled where they've been and where they want to go. Um, and so the roads traveled really give them credibility with the local governments that they're working with. And then what puts gas in their tank, you know, makes them want to go matches this work, what they're doing every day. So they're so passionate about it and they get to be who they are in their work. And so it just makes for a wonderful formula for waking up eager. So they're good examples of that, very passionate about what they do. They are a great fit for the work that they are doing. And ironically, one of the things that they do is focus on providing a great fit in these key hires where you've got city managers who are you know, running the city and responsible for large budgets and impacting the daily lives of many, many, many people. So anyway, just kind of wanted to highlight that. Hopefully you caught all that and heard all of that. I particularly liked how they described the benchmark process. You know, I've been doing trimetrics for so long that anytime you hear how other people talk about it and how other people describe the process and how it helps, it's it's really helpful as another way to understand how it works and how they see it. But I loved how, you know, they've got an environment of people with different agendas, not that that's bad in any way, but they're all coming from different places in their work and their background and they're there as volunteers. And then you've got the paid employees. You've got lots of dynamics going on there. And so it's easy for that type of environment to create an inability to come to consensus on something. And so when they're making important decisions, and especially with a hiring decision, they're able to use the process to allow them to have a voice and that they they create something. They the Mike and Micah are the facilitators of the process, but they create something that becomes their benchmark and it serves as a baseline and an anchor. I like the word anchor. Anchor meaning grounds us. So when we start to swirl out and want different things than what we thought was important or our biases come in, we can go back to the benchmark and say, okay, this is the work that you created about the position. Let's go back and visit that. So we can use that to overcome bias. And one of the phrases that one of, I think Mike might've used it is uh, helping the decision makers have healthy conflict without casualties, healthy conflict without casualties. That's 
functional leadership when we can have healthy conflict. And, and this process of creating a benchmark and agreeing what the superior performance attributes are for a role before you hire, and then as you go through the hiring process, is powerful. And then it allows everybody, because everybody, what I've seen with some of these um, different work that they've done is I've noticed that some of the groups will have specific people that they want to get in the role because that person meets their agenda. And that's okay, because that's normal. It happens in private companies as well. but we need to make sure that what they want really is what the job needs. And so this healthy conflict, people can have their own priorities, but they can continually go back to this baseline that was set up through the benchmark. And if you ever have any questions on how the trimetrics works, please, by all means, reach out to Micah and Mike, especially if you're in a local government or have responsibility within the government entities, they're going to be your best match. But I'm also happy to talk through any of that for you. The other thing that meeting them has helped me understand, and I was hoping it would they would bring it to the podcast discussion today, and they did, is just highlighting the need for innovation and adaptation in local government and the importance of community empowerment and trust building. So they really highlighted that. And I, I loved their last bit of wisdom. I liked the quotes that they shared. I want you to go back and revisit those. We'll have them highlighted in the episode But I'll leave you with stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right. We have a a neural bias sometimes to focus on what is wrong or what could go wrong. And we just want to make sure that that doesn't take over. And we can train our brain to think and expect good things and to anticipate about what could go right. And that's how we move forward. And that's how we make a difference. So want to make sure you focus on that and uh, be sure to visit the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash local government. And a reminder, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm reminding you also that we're giving away a workplace motivators assessment. It's a 24-page report with over 100 development resources. It's a value of $350. Uh, We've got a debrief video so you can understand the results. And the way we're giving that away is to folks who give us a review. Uh, So we really, if we have more reviews, more people can find the podcast that are looking for this type of information. And we just would love more reviews. So if you would leave us a review, shoot me a note, Susie at pricelessprofessional.com. Reach out to me that way, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn and I will send you a link. You can use it for yourself. If you've already taken the assessment, maybe you're not interested in that, but you could give it to a family member, a friend, a colleague, an employee. Uh, so would love that. If you're not sure how to leave a review, go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash review, and we walk you through a little mini tutorial to uh, figure out how to do that. Okay, so leave us a review and send me a note. We'll send you a complimentary Wake Up Eagle Workforce Workplace Motivators Assessment. You can find all the episodes of the most recent at wakeupeagerworkforce.com and there's a full directory there. You can always reach out to me, Susie at pricelessprofessional.com, S-U-Z-I-E at pricelessprofessional.com. And don't forget the show notes where we have links to Mike and Micah's contact information at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash local government. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to connecting with you soon. And uh, we just appreciate you. And I hope that you're having a wake up eager 
life. Hope Wake Up, which are made up of Wake Up Eager Days. And all the best to you. Take care. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 